If the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome to a very, very special of the Free Indeed Podcast. Why is it special, you ask? 36. Because it's episode 36. I just pressed all my sound effects buttons and they went off as planned. Uh, 36. Yeah. So 36, if you, you know, maybe, I mean, you know what 36 means. If you've been listening to this podcast through this point, if you go to freeindeed36.com, you'll know that Mm -hmm. um, it is a reference to one of our, if not most favorite Bible verse, at least it's the theme of what we're about here. And you heard it at the top of the podcast, you know, John 836. So mm-hmm. is so, there a is there a, an, a meaning for the number 36 there, Kirk? John 836. <laughs> uh, actually, 36 is a perfect number. It's considered a perfect number. I just know that from... Uh, You've probably done a little bit of research on yeah, that. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've actually done some past research on that thing. But it is a, uh, it's a perfect number. Um, significance and meaning of... Uh, let's see... Ooh, it's about making a paradigm shift. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I like that for sure. The number 36 is twice 18, which is a gematria, a form of Jewish numerology. The number 18 stands for life because the Hebrew letters that spell chai, I think, meaning living, add up to 18 because 36 is two times 18 and represent two lives. Ooh, that's deep, man. Wow, we've got some depth going with this got one. Some depth, man. Maybe we could just spend the entire episode on the number thirty-six. Damn, man! Shoot, <laughs> two lives. Come on, man. Well, yeah. then you. Well, yes, yeah, two lives, but uh, <clears throat> man, three and six. Oh man, yeah, that's 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 it, man. Three, three and six. You got three twelves. Man, oh dude, thirty-six is dope, man. Yes, it is. Thirty-six is a big number. 36 is a big What's number. fascinating, we can take all the angles of what number 36 means is that it, whatever it means. What's fascinating, though, is, uh, no, I don't want this to come out wrong, but, you know, the original text of the Bible didn't have any verses in it. It was all just straight out lines, no grammar mm-hmm. whatsoever, no punctuation, no, they have, of course, syntax and grammar because it was written in the language, but there were no verses. I don't, I'm trying to remember when that was actually placed and it was hundreds of years after the Bible was uh, canonized. But, um, hey, you know what? For now, though, we've got John 836, and we're at episode 36. So we might be going a little long. We don't know. This is a very special episode to us. So if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed, in case anybody was wondering. That's right. And that sun is with a capital S. Right. And it's not the sunshine you're seeing out there. Negative. It is the sun, S-O-N. Well, you know... Since we're on episode 36, why not go into chapter 7? Uh, which Another I, I, perfect number. That's right, it is. It's a biblical perfect number of your book. Um, and uh, do you know the chapter title to this? Nope. You don't know the chapter title? <laughs> Come to on, man. Nope. <laughs> nope, I sure Chapter don't, 7 is the chapter Probably on victory. Victory. Yes. Boom, even better, man. That's right, victory. see? Bam. This is just flowing here today, man. It's that's victory. Right. Victory is mine. Right. Mm. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. I'm going to read the chapter. This is going to be a little bit longer of a read. So, uh, Kirk, you can pace around and listen to me if you want. And then I'm going to uh, go sit down. If you're pacing while you're listening to this, keep on pacing. I'm going to go sit on my couch. Go right ahead. Uh, and we will 
see what this chapter has has for us. So this is chapter seven, victory. And once again, there's no quote at the beginning of the chapter. I'm not sure why, but maybe in 2.0, we'll do that. No one wants to be a loser, especially your man. The IP mistress knows this about his spirit. A guy does not mind having to hunt, but it's important that he at least have a chance of catching something. He will invest time and resources in fishing or even for even the chance of a catch. The buildup can be just as intoxicating as the catch. When he does come away with successful, uh, successful, the catch becomes a prize. Every other relationship in his life is heavy on emotional risk and short on reward. The IP mistress is all emotional reward with zero emotional risk. Every time he sits down at the slot machine, he hits the jackpot. He gets an endorphin release when he is with her. Endorphins are the body's natural opiate. Artificial opiates like heroin, morphine, codeine, and oxycontin are addictive because they give a sense of euphoria as well as pain relief. He may be self-medicating some sort of physical or emotional pain. Most men have some sort of wound from their boyhood. Commonly, this wound is a father wound. The father may have been absent from the home, absent in the home, abusive, or he may have set such a high bar that the son cannot live up to it. If a man has a past trauma or a history of abuse, this can create a nagging internal pain. Pornography can be a form of virtual cutting to replace or mask that pain. Availability. The IP mistress understands him. The first way she affirms his need for victory is by always making herself available. She also makes the hunt predictable. The formula never changes. She never says no. Specifically, she always says yes. Furthermore, she always says, thank you, sir. May I have another? There is an extreme power in receiving a yes to his desires. Her enthusiastic yes is what gives her access to deeper parts of his cave. When a porn consumer hears no from the woman in his life, it creates an impression of pain in his masculine, though fragile, soul. The echo of the IP mistress's yes rings louder in those times. If the the London Film Festival, I'm sorry, the London Film School made a film called He Took His Skin Off For Me. The video is a graphic, a very graphic depiction of a man who literally removes his skin for the woman he loves. The result is a new existence for him and consequences for her. Without the IP mistress, he is no longer comfortable in his own surroundings. The IP mistress is where she promises to be, and she will always respond to the call. She knows he needs to consume and has an endless supply of what he needs. This is the kind of hunting that animals in the zoo are accustomed to. The animals might be wild at heart, but they would be unsuccessful in the wild after growing up in captivity. Submission. Not only is she always available, but the IP mistress submits to his victory. She has a submissive nature and gives in to his desires. She understands the power of submission, and there are no limits to her submission to him. She is not subject to the same social stigma around submissiveness to him that his wife must avoid. She understands his tendency to bend toward a spirit of submission. Many women have been abused, but society teaches women today that weakness and vulnerability must be kept hidden. The masculine nature of most men is drawn toward a heart of vulnerability. This gives him a place to rest his strength. Spiritually and emotionally weak men abuse women, possibly as a way to force them into weakness. Spiritually and emotionally weak women may turn to a man with controlling tendencies to achieve the same result. The IP mistress asks him what he wants 
and does whatever she can to meet his needs. He feels safe opening up his deepest needs to her because she never rejects him. She never puts him down or shames him for his guilty pleasures. Most broadband internet porn consumption leads to some form of violence. The IP mistress is so submissive that even when she is hurt or abused, she quickly forgives him and comes back for more. Most women cannot, would not, and should not submit to this level of violence. I am merely illustrating what the IP mistress offers. It's an unrealistic level of commitment to a man's victory. He trusts her with his heart because she has proven herself trustworthy. I can recall a story of a man who discovered of a sorry, of a mom who discovered her middle schooler's porn use on his cell phone. Not only was she shocked to discover this activity, but she was devastated by the graphic and violent nature of the porn her baby was consuming. For the first time, young people en masse are being introduced to the most violent and intense forms of pornography right away. In the past, porn was commonly referred to as softcore or erotica. These two terms imply sensitivity and love. Now the predominant types of porn are all referred to as hardcore. This speaks to the heart of heart or nature of the material currently being consumed. Today's porn makes no attempt to invest in plot, storyline, or even specific female porn stars. It has become a factory producing whatever females can do to perform the most unnatural sex acts as possible. Now there are increasing stories of actresses having to do drugs just to perform the extreme levels required today. All right, what do, uh, anything you want to respond to with on that You one? know, actually, as I was kind of listening to your uh, very eloquent uh, rendition, the auditory version of the book. Um, I am uh, available, by the way, if you need a... Uh, duly noted. Um, I don't charge a lot, I mean. Yeah, well, yeah. Or, yeah, okay, I got you. Um, <laughs> or I can do it myself for free. Um, true, true. Yeah. But no, you, uh, anyhow, uh, we Sorry, digress, right. squirrel. Um, but uh, you know, as I was reading that, you know, just the, I was, I actually had to when I was writing that, I kind of had to back off from. I really went probably too far off the path with the whole yes thing in the beginning of that chapter in terms of, you know, her saying yes, 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 and I, I had to, I had to pull it back into you know, okay, this is for general audiences and right. all that kind of stuff. So there's probably a half a paragraph that didn't make it into the book um, that kind of some of my humor kind of, yeah, it would have been distasteful for a lot of people, but whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's funny just remembering, um, I think going back and forth with my editor, uh, you sure you want to put that in there? And I was like, ah, oh, what do you think? And uh, then she was like, yeah, I don't know. That might turn off some people, especially women. Um, and so, yeah, I just had a, uh, kind of fairly twisted some jokes in there around that part. And then the other subtle kind of hint in there that I dropped is when I was talking about the animals at the, at the zoo or in the circus, you know, getting fed and that's the kind of hunting they do in the zoo and they may be quote unquote wild at heart, um, you know, but still lose their sense of, of, of identity, um, that was my subtle nod at, uh, to John Eldridge. Uh, that was the first book I ever read cover to cover in my life was Wild at Heart. Um, and, and I was 35 years old when I did that. Um, we read that together. I mean, not like in the same room together, right. but during the same yeah. season that, that summer. So when I when I heard that, too, I remember like, oh, I did throw I threw a little Easter egg in there for uh, to, to John Eldridge. Just a little thanks. Um, 
little shout out, if you will. Yeah, there's uh, no asterisk there. Yeah, I doubt anybody no. would. I didn't. I, there's no quotes and there's not <laughs> no. caps or nothing like that. I, I it, thought that when I first read it though, yeah. this earlier earlier today when I read this, yeah. I'm like, hey, that's a familiar phrase. For me, it was a little Easter egg that I threw in there, um, just knowing that one day we'd be doing a podcast and I can refer to that and give the man a shout oh, out. Okay, much good. love. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you, John, wherever you are out yeah, there. Yeah, if he listens Holler to at our... me, man. We can do some work together. That's right. Uh, we're only right up the road, man. Um, but anyhow, and so, yeah, just just, uh, just a couple of things that stood out as I was as I was kind of hearing that back of just, A, remembering the funny back and forth I had with my editor about the yes, and B, the little Easter egg that I, that I put in there um, in terms of the in terms of the wild at wild at heart but uh nice but yeah i mean it's you know uh i mean it's a pretty dope chapter yeah i like it a lot everything in this book i'm liking so far um me too it's a great book so the the second paragraph i'm gonna override you on this one i'm gonna mute you if you um (laughs) you go mute you go mute me i'm gonna mute you (laughs) okay uh like this is a very special episode we haven't even started the major part of the discussion yet. No. We're already uh, this is thirty six. We already warned you at thirty six. We're going right. to be kind of low off the chain a little bit. It's thirty six. That's right. We like that. Every other relationship in his life is heavy on emotional risk and short on reward. The IP mistress is all emotional reward with zero emotional risk. So what I think of when I read that is a uh, the, just kind of the terms short circuit or path of least resistance because. Um, while, you know, when you and I were kids, we didn't have like the same access that a broadband internet is today. We still had access, but there were a couple of steps perhaps that we had to take to get it. We had to go around the corner and find our little hiding spot or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, but so there's, there still wasn't a lot of risk for us, um, when it came to, to the consumption of pornography. Now today there is virtually no risk, just as you're saying, to this, to, there's no emotional risk, and the re, a relationship has to have a give and take. There needs to be an element of uh, of risk, of danger, and like so. This chapter is about victory, and that. So what what the IP mistress is offering is almost this unconditional, not almost. It's offering unconditional victory. Yes, absolutely. It's it's a What if every time you went to a casino and sat down at a slot machine, you hit the jackpot? Do you think you'd be at the slot machine pulling well, yeah, that I'm arm kidding. or hitting that button? Do you think it'd be crowded? Do you think there'd be a lot of people at slot machines? But every time, literally, every single time he goes there, he hits jackpot. And, yeah, there's a word picture there, too, but still. Um, but every time – so it is unconditional victory, like always. Like there's never a disappointment unless he's got a somebody's coming. I got to hurry up and shut down and log off. Right. I right. mean, there's never a disappointment. There's never a letdown ever, ever. I mean, how many sports teams have ever gone undefeated like an entire season? I mean, in 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 football, it's only happened once, and that was back at a shortened season and all that kind of stuff. And there's and even that team every time. You know, the the guys that are still alive, every time the last undefeated team loses, they all get together. I mean, it's one of those things that it's not realistic. It's not part of life. But here, it's completely realistic. It's go- I mean, it's, it, it's, it's just the norm. I'm going to win. I'm going to get what I came for. And when I, when I sit down, I'm going to hit the jackpot. And so it's very unrealistic. And to your point, you know, relationships do involve danger. True relationship and true intimacy and all that kind of stuff vulnerability all that is dangerous and is really dangerous to a guy and this is what i don't think a lot of women understand that 
emotional vulnerability to a man is a lot more dangerous than it is to a woman. Women are used to connecting and women are used to bonding and, you know, girl games don't involve score. Stuff like tea and, you know, uh, playing house and dolls, all those kinds of things. I mean, that, you know, and, and, and girls are, are raised in an environment where it's, it's socially okay to be vulnerable and to be emotional and to talk and express yourself and all those kinds of things. Boys aren't raised in that kind of environment in our culture. And so by the time we become men, you got to understand that, that our, our threshold for, for um, vulnerable danger is pretty low. Emotional. Emotional danger is pretty low. I mean, and so it can take, it doesn't take a whole lot to break us if we were to put our chips out there. And I've, I've experienced putting all your chips in the middle of the table and crapping out and having all of those chips come off the table. And then you sitting there looking like a sucker with your pockets hanging out because you don't have any more chips because you gave them away to somebody. And so, you know, but in terms of, in terms of why unconditional victory is so important to a guy is because I'd never have to risk any chips. I never, ever, the only chips I have to risk is getting caught by somebody in my house. And if the guy is single, he doesn't even have to risk that. But I mean, there's no emotional investment at all, which means there's never a chance of being hurt. There's never a chance of porn coming back and saying, ew, like, ew, I ain't doing that. Ew, that's nasty. The porn will never say that. His wife at some point probably will if he really opened up and asked for his deepest, darkest desires. And rightfully so. I'm not saying that that's unnatural, but point is, you know, porn will never make him feel judged or make him feel bad or anything like that. And porn will give him anything he wants in terms of, you know, a sexual fantasy or desire, even though it's it's from a voyeuristic perspective. Um, He can still vicariously live through that experience. But but yeah, I don't think women really understand how fragile the male emotion is in terms of vulnerability. I don't, I mean, it's different. I mean, it's just a whole, you know, it's just a whole nother level. And, and guys don't want to put it all out there because if it all goes bad, it's going to hurt really, really bad. Really, really, really. Not that it doesn't hurt for women when it, when they get disappointed and all that kind of stuff, but it's a, it's a different kind of thing for guys. Yeah, it is. It, it, what I was also thinking is it doesn't mean there isn't, um, doesn't mean there isn't uh, depth either. No. Uh, I think we can be very deep. It's just, uh, I think for us, I don't know for me, I like going deep quickly. Right. Uh, and so when you're saying you put all your chips on the, on the table, that means you just went deep quickly or at least all at once. And that's the vulnerability part. Um, sometimes it's not as, it's easier to want to, and I, I've, I've wanted this, this has been all of my life. I've wanted to have intimate friendships and relationships. Thankfully, I'm getting a lot of that these days. This is one of them. Right. It's just, yeah, when when us guys put ourselves out there, it's we, we want to put it, or we have our guards up. But the point of this chapter is that we don't have to do that because right. there's victory and there's no reason to invest ourselves emotionally right. because it's all one-sided. Right, and that, that's, that's exactly the way, that's the, the magic, though it be dark, that's the magic of porn is that, I can go as deep as I want, as immediately as I want, and there's still no chance of ever having rejection. <clears throat> and yet, to the point of men, again, we're not conditioned in this way. So even to have the idea of deep relationship, you know, a lot of us, 
it's it's not natural to take a long time to build that and to work that, which it should be something. It should be something that's developed over time. But a lot of us, when we see the opportunity for that, it's, it's easy for us to go in deep because there's such a depravity of it. We never had that. We we don't know what that is. And so, um, and so yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's one of those things that with with porn and all of, again, all of this is understanding porn from the inside out. That's the whole point of all the six V's. And so with with porn, you never, ever, ever have to worry about, you know, crapping out. <laughs> I mean, you never have to worry about, you know, Snake Eyes or 7-Eleven or however. I don't even know how to play craps, but you never have to worry about that. You never have to worry about, you know, somebody having a better hand, you know. I mean, and, and it sucks when <laughs> when you're playing that game and the other person has a better hand <laughs> and, and you end up, you know, getting up from the poker table looking like a sucker because you, you put all you went all in. And you went all in. You thought you had, you know, three queens and somebody else had a royal flush. And you say, oh, well, you know, now I got nothing. So, okay, I'll continue with the analogy of a, of a game here. Uh, if, if, if the emotional life of a couple is a game and that you were, this analogy continues and that is, is it worth staying in the game, Ben? Even if there's not going to be a clear, I mean, there could be a clear winner and or loser, especially, but at the same time, the game is a lifetime game. If you're committed to your spouse for the rest of your life, that's a, that's a lifetime commitment that has to involve the give and take in the risk and the victories and the losing. Yeah. The journey is the destination. And so, you know, there really isn't a finish line, but understand that all relationships end. every single relationship right. you have will end one day. If nothing else, when you or the other person dies, right? I mean, we acknowledge that in the wedding vows. I mean, and so I mean that contract, even in marriage, that contract has an end date. We just don't know when that is. And so, yeah, in terms of that relationship, though, you know, the finish line is that the finish line is we don't know when that is. We don't know when a either the other person or we are going to die, or quite honestly, we don't know when the other person is just going to come to us and say, "This is it. It's over. I can't take this anymore. I can't do that. whatever that is." So we don't know the ex- expiration date of relationships, but they all do go away. And so in the, when we live out these journeys, when we live out these, these relationships from a guy perspective or just couples period, that, yeah, it is a long-term journey and it is a process and it is all those things that, that come over time and, and, you know, and you'll have setbacks and you'll have failures. And ideally, ideally, both of you are able to, to commit emotionally enough to stick with it you know, when you do, you know, when you do get a bad hand, you know, that when you have a bad day or a bad month or a bad year or a bad decade or whatever it is, that you can have the tenacity to stick with it and the resilience to come back. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the journey is the destination. There's no finish line in terms of relationships until, ideally, until one of y'all die or until somebody ends the relationship. Right. But until I, then, you, 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 you keep dealing. What's important to, I think, get is um, when I have had feelings of getting angry or for me, my experience is often I'll get angry, but I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And because I don't say anything, because I keep feelings to myself, um, they feed on each other. And then I think what happens to me anyway is the enemy will just come in and start pushing buttons. Right. And by the time 10 minutes is over, I'm wondering why in the world are we married? Yeah. And the, that's right. not rational. Right, 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 right. Because it's not just that I lost that moment. I lost the entire thing. And now all of a sudden I want to quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 
you know, I mean, and, and quite honestly, porn is not rational when you think about it. Right, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's irrational. It's like, wait a minute. I mean, I, I I go from this thought to this thought to this thought. Next thing you know, I'm you know I'm I'm back at the computer or whatever it is. But the whole notion, the whole idea of porn is irrational. But when you involve relationship, when you involve you know, oxytocin and, and endorphins, when you involve all these chemicals, everything that we're talking about, it is irrational and it doesn't make sense because some of it is beneath the surface. Some of it is, you know, some of it is, it's, is beneath the hood and we don't, we don't see it. We don't understand it. It just happens. And next thing you know, we look up and like, how'd we get here? And I mean, that's just kind of the way it, that's the way it works. Yeah. I mean, for, for the, especially the, People who grow up with this, I just, there's only to a certain point that you and I can relate, right? Because we did not grow up with the broadband part of it. And right. It, it's just, it's hard for me to get that it, it, you always have access to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because, and I'm sort of going on a tangent here, it's just what's frustratingly fascinating right now is that pornography is unfortunately been so kind of normalized. Mm-hmm. When you get nine out of ten high school graduate boys consuming mm-hmm. porn, yeah. I would call that normalized. Unfortunately, it's it's very sad. Yeah, and uh, so you know, where's the victory when it comes to learning how to have a real relationship? Yeah, I mean, how does a guy learn that? The victories. The frustrating part is the victories are small. The victories are there's you know there's time in between. Uh, the victories you got to look for them sometimes. Um, sometimes you got to understand that the victories don't look the way you think victories would look, um, and, and they they're just bricks. Their victories are bricks, man, and especially in terms of in in terms of connection, in terms of emotional connection, in terms of uh, uh, intimacy, and all. They're bricks, and you got to lay one brick as perfectly as possible. This is kind of a pseudo Will Smith quote. Um, he, his story is, you know, his father had a store, I think, and a wall fell down or something like that. And he and his brother, he told his, he and his brother to rebuild the wall and they kept having to take it down and redo it again. And, and the metaphor was you got to lay each brick as perfectly as possible until eventually you have a wall that's perfect. Um, and so, you know, I think intimacy is kind of like that in the same way that you got to build those bricks one at a time. Um, and it is frustrating sometimes it is painstaking sometimes it is you know time consuming and the victories are pretty small man i mean and that again that's why it's so difficult because you got huge victories on the porn side you got small victories on the intimacy side but the small victories on the intimacy side when you build those up they create a wall the huge victories on the porn side you know when you build those up they create a jail (laughs) they create a prison um, yep, huge difference, a big difference, huge difference. And so, um, so that, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the two sides of that thing, but it is frustrating to, to shift the focus to small victories, to just, you know, just the small things of nothing, like just being present is huge. Just being able to sit with somebody and not talk or, or just be able to have a regular day, whatever a regular day is. Um, again, just being present, just not having, your chemistry and your emotions and all that control your day or your mood or your decisions. That's huge. Um, I mean, you know, but the, the little boy in us, that wounded boy in us likes the big victories. The, we have to, the glorious victories, right? We have to teach the man around the little boy 
how to appreciate the little victories, the little victories of intimacy and, and, and maturity and wisdom and all that that's built up over time, over time right. and patience. So, yeah, I'm hearing that what's important, and I'm, I'm trying to remember if the, you would talk about, I don't know if you do in, in this chapter, but it's uh, shifting, well, not shifting, it's redefining what a victory is. Yeah. And it also occurs to me that it's, it's a victory that must happen, it must be a shared victory. Yeah. Uh, cause by definition, that intimacy has to be with someone else right. yeah. for it to be a shared victory. Yeah. Relation, relational victory is we all win or we don't win. I mean, right. we, we all, where did I just hear this quote? I, I quoted it somewhere too. Um, well, while you're thinking about it, there's a quote that I like. It's, no, no, no. I do know now. Okay, before I forget. Right, uh, there's a former, uh, <laughs> former, uh, Denver Bronco. Um, and he used to be played for the Washington Redskins too. Mark Slareth was his name. And I heard him week or two ago and he was talking, it was at a men's kind of mental health thing. And he was just talking about men and talking about men and kind of hyper masculine spaces and teamwork and all that kind of stuff. And he just threw out the quote. He said, you know, um, we, the only, I'm going to probably butcher it, but basically, um, we only win when we all win. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and, and so especially from a team perspective, and that's 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 the relational kind of win. Like when the tide comes in, all boats rise. Yep. If one of you sink, both of you sink. There's no such thing as a one-sided divorce. <laughs> you got any more? Uh, probably. <laughs> uh, you know, the one I was thinking of is, and I don't know who said this, but uh, we're not free until we're all free. Yeah, you know, something like that. I mean, it, you know, that, and so yeah, in terms of that that small victory, that the intimate victories, those intimate victories that come in the context of relationship, any kind of relationship, is a win-win scenario. That's where the whole win-win comes in. That's the point of that statement, that that phrase. Right. A win-win. We both got to win. If we both don't win, this is not a relational victory. Um, in porn, unfortunately, those big wins, only one person wins. Yeah, there's nothing relational about it. I mean, there's a relationship with the only wrong one person mistress, wins. Wrong and quite honestly, the only person, I mean, we, on the surface, it might seem like the only person that wins is the person consuming right. porn. No. The only person that wins is the porn factory, the right. IP mistress. Yep. Because they're making billions upon billions upon billions of dollars based on people being hooked on that product. And so they're the only ones. It's like in a divorce. The only one that wins is the lawyers. If you've ever been through a divorce, you know what I'm talking about. The kids suffer. You suffer, the, the ex-spouse suffers, the family suffers, the friend suffers, the church suffers, your job suffers. You can go on and on and on and on and on. Your 401k suffers. You name it. It all suffers, except the people that walk away with a check at the end, and those are the lawyers. Um, not, you know, I'm not against lawyers. I mean, you know, but whatever. Um, but, uh, and so, yeah, so in those big victory, or the big victory that, we, that we're referring to here in terms of, you know, the V, this V in the book, um, the porn victory, uh, it, it's, it, it is not a mutual victory. And, and I don't believe that in my opinion, other people disagree and I'm okay with whatever. I don't need everybody to agree with me, but I don't believe that it's possible to have a couple consume pornography together and they both win. I just don't believe in that. I don't believe in that because if you ask the woman of the couple at some point, if she were honest, she would tell you that it makes her feel like she's not enough because she can't compete with what's on that screen. Yeah, and I was going to kind of think, see if we could kind of go ter- there towards the end yeah. here of the podcast, and that is these Vs are what the man gets that the woman can't compete with. 
or shouldn't have to, as we said last episode. Right, right. Yeah. You should not have to compete. Just just saying, yeah. uh, she should not have to be the one to fix his wound. Right, right. And, and you know, and the the chemical component of victory is the endorphins, and that endorphin is that winning feel. It's that locker room champagne, you know, spraying kind of feeling, and that's the. You know, that's the victory that he feels. And, and that's and the, the chemical name for that is endorphins. Endorphins are the body's natural opiate. Artificial opiates are like heroin, morphine, codeine, oxycontin, Percocet, all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing. Endorphins are the same thing as those, but he gets it for free through this through this V, through this victory. So he, he's so I mean, the whole point of, of opiates when you get prescribed an opiate and uh, and I've been on some recently, and you know, I mean, you saw me when I was, <laughs> um, you yep. know, is to to medicate pain, to medicate pain, and give you a sense of euphoria, a sense of relief from that pain. So you got to think that, you know, this victory and the endorphins that he's getting from this victory, you know, he's medicating some kind of pain. And so again, yeah, to the point though, um, rewinding the clock here about sixty seconds, um, that's just why I believe. You know, a lot of people say, oh, couples watch it together and it helps their marriage. It helps their relationship. It helps their sex life and that kind of stuff. From what I know and the conversations I've had and what I believe um, based on that secondhand experience, I've never been a woman in that in that scenario. But at some point, and I've asked a lot of women this, um, even some women that have have and do say they watch porn with their their husband or boyfriend. If you ask them watch their their demeanor change after you ask them and if they're honest they'll give you the honest answer but at some point that porn consumption makes them feel like not enough because at some point the man who they're with their boyfriend or husband is going to be more into what's on that screen and she is just going to be basically human masturbation um the woman in his life and so you know at some point it just reinforces the message that she already has which is i'm not enough right I mean, she's not supposed to always be that victory. She's supposed to be in a relationship. They're supposed to be in a relationship. Right, which is an ebb and flow. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a give and take. And, you know, I mean, yeah, that victory, sometimes the victory should be in giving, not receiving. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes it, it is uh, the victory is in the other person's success. You know, right. ch- cheering for that other person on stage and all that kind That's of stuff. That's why it should be a shared victory. That's Absolutely. the idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It may feel like it dilutes the, the strength or potency of the victory, but it doesn't. I think yeah. it just, the, the it becomes synergistic rather right. than trying to add up two sums. Right, right. It's, it's it, yeah, it is, it's, 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 um, it's a win-win. We both win. Yep. We both win. And we both win a lot. And that's when you multiply, not add. <clears throat> and so. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So in terms of the, the, the victory here, I mean, from his perspective, what he experiences is he never, specifically, he never hears no. Right. And he hears very loud yeses. Every guy loves to hear very loud yeses. <laughs> enthusiastic oh, yeses. yes, that's right. I mean, enthusiastic yeses. If you give a guy an enthusiastic yes, watch him light up. <laughs> right. In any kind of way. I mean, you know, hey, babe, do you want to, if you, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, watch him light up and like, ooh, okay, yeah, all right, I like that enthusiasm. So, you know, yeah, this is a little little tip. You you get that for free. That's right. If you're if you're listening, ladies, there you go. From the intimate intimacy incubator himself. Mm. So this has been our very special episode thirty six of the Free and Deep podcast. Thirty six. My pressing my sound effects buttons one last time here. So. 
anyway, we are so glad you listened in on uh, so far with episode 36. And uh, go to freeindeed36.com forward slash podcast to get all of our episodes. I need to catch up with some of them, but I will eventually. And uh, we'll be able to also get, uh, if you subscribe to our podcast, you'll be able to get them automatically to you in your um, whatever app that you use and to subscribe. And I hope you can rate our podcast as well. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed Podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.